Grog. Hey everyone, it's the Sideship Podcast with me, Peter Fickling, Kerry Warbis and Matthew Weir. So Kerry, as a wise man once said, everything is weird, including Clary's clacker, Ian's uh, money troubles, and of course, our poor Tracy. That wise man was my son, Max. Age three, I think. Yeah, he was very small. He was sitting on the beach. We were looking at the sea and he said, Mum, water is weird. And then there was this pause and he said, actually, everything is weird. (laughs) Yep, you've sussed everything out already. Yeah, very little has changed. Yeah, exactly. That's why it's my uh, Twitter bio little phrase thing. Anyway, yeah, clacker, that's a good word for groin. I want to say Viz and Lorraine Kelly, those two, <laughs> two names <laughs> jumped into my head somehow. Say no more, Peter. <laughs> was it Lorraine Kelly, and, Lorraine Kelly and Growler, maybe? I don't know. Anyway. I seem to remember a Viz story was that um, Mr. T, they, they did it like a son story so they could work a pun in. And it was Mr. T plans to turn Paul McCartney's testicles into a 50s wooden toy. And it was Baracus to turn Macker's clackers into... No, Baracus to turn Macker's knackers into clackers. <laughs> oh, that's a good start to the show, isn't it? Yeah, oh, well, Fizz, Fizz is the gift that keeps on giving, isn't it? Oh, not our... Clary strained her groin trying to catch one of uh, Trace's balls. Am I right? <laughs> Speaking of balls, here's some advertising. <laughs> Are we sticking with that, Kerry? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Guys, we promised adverts. Here's an advert. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. So um, we assume that was an advert for pork balls, um, some kind of meat product. I mean, you know, Google must have, or whoever it is, must have scraped mine carries and matthew's profiles to work out the exact exact kind of uh, uh um, product to serve you so uh yeah but uh, matthew was talking about clary her bruised clacker um <laughs> and what exactly happened was it she she slipped violently whilst trying to catch a ball on the cricket pitch to me it sounded like she suddenly deflated <laughs> yeah she seemed to fall in installments didn't she she was like ooh, 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 ah it was up there with um, Shula's fall from the horse, wasn't it? Is this something that happens to women, Kerry, to suddenly deflate? <laughs> oh, I don't think I've knowingly suddenly deflated. Maybe I have. Right, okay. <laughs> I was so unconscious I wasn't aware of it. I've never done that, actually. I've never been unconscious. Um, it was a strange one, and now 
because of that, she's turned into a complete victim. Well, is that the right word? She's a martyr, isn't she? Yes. And doesn't like not being needed or useful. We don't, we don't often sort of try and theme the week or t- we're not particularly analytical when it comes to sort of uh, trying to come up with highfalutin ideas for um, analysing the show. But I did feel that both with Clary and Tracy, they were wildly different to what I expect from them, the characters that I've grown used to. So in Clary, it just didn't seem true to me that a Grundy, and especially Clary, would be that shamefaced about pulling a groin. I would have thought she'd be a lot more matter-of-fact about it. Or maybe, actually, you've known Clary longer than me, um, Kerry. Am I, have I, have I, was she like that when she was younger? Was she a bit more prudish? I don't know. There's something about people knowing you've damaged your groin that's a bit like it's not really very sexy, is it? Does this say more about me that I just wouldn't care? (laughs) Maybe. I think perhaps what it says is that she's feeling rather um, vulnerable and realising because she said something like, um, oh, sorry, it's just made me realise things don't stay the same. Mm. and time is ticking on and she's getting a bit creaky and yeah. perhaps won't be wanted or needed by quite so many people quite soon. I mean, I'd bloody love that if nobody needed me. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. I will um, not be making patchwork quilts when that happens. I'm not needed this weekend and I cannot wait. I love my wife. I love my son. But the two of them are buggering off to Derby for the weekend and I will be, yeah. I will be showing Clary how it's done. I'll pop up to London and keep you company, Peter. Please don't, Kerry. <laughs> I want to talk to a soul. <laughs> just lie on my own in silence. We don't need an actual groin strain or an abduction. <laughs> Kerry comes up and kicks me straight in the balls and then bugs off back to Brighton again. <laughs> I reckon she um, it's some childhood trauma. She had a nickname at school, which was... Oh, no, because she wasn't married then, was she? I was going to say it was going to be Clary Groindy. And she just didn't <laughs> want it getting out, but... Mm, like it do you know people who are like that that don't like sitting still and doing nothing I know a couple of people who yeah. have to be busy and it was very true to their personalities so if if that's what they were going for it's quite well, well researched and they are gen- those people generally find themselves surrounded by other people who are like no just do nothing why are mm. you fussing why are you doing this um but yeah I did kind of wonder what their what they're going for here it seems to be something bigger looming in the background with her doesn't it yeah absolutely it, it's they're revving up for something it's a sort of a, a time of life crisis or it might be you know this small thing has sent into a center into a little sort of tiny tailspin and there might be a larger health crisis coming it's kind of sort of mm. setting the. it's like a john the baptist for the jesus that is coming down the line well, I am a bit worried because she's turning into a tie-dye T-shirt, so not very <laughs> usual, is it? I'm trying to imagine the the uh, the bruising pattern, mm. kind of like you you would see on a Grateful Dead T-shirt, incorporating a skull. I mean, you, you would you would go to see a doctor about that, wouldn't you? Yeah. Oh, not our Clary. No, she wouldn't go to A and E. She won't sort of sit down. She keeps sweeping flour up. Um, you know, just. Keeps going, doesn't she? To feel she has a worth. I don't understand why she, why she can't keep busy in other ways. It's not like she's kind of like you know pulled a shoulder or something. I mean, 
it, it just stops her moving around, can't she? Can't she? I mean, if she if it's all about staying productive, to Matthew's point, if it's all about being busy, there must be ways she can do that that while sitting on her ass, you know, bit of knitting here. Uh, I don't know. Reading books, how lovely! Yeah. Um, she well, actually, she was going to read to or help Kira with her reading. She jumped at that, didn't she? Yeah, because it's Ed's responsibility to sign her her reading mm. record, isn't it? And apparently, if she doesn't, if the reading record isn't signed, <laughs> she misses out on golden time. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I'm always disappointed when I'm told I'm going to miss out on golden now, time. Now, now, Matthew. <laughs> It's slightly different at uh, primary school and there. Did you have golden time? We didn't, but my kids did. No, there's a there's a medal system at the the kids in my family. They, there's mm. like a medal system for that, but golden time. Um, I'm gonna suggest it's like a reward play time. I'm sorry, uh, sorry to be the old curmudgeon here, but this is. I mean, when I was when I was a kid, it was uh, be grateful you're not being beaten up time. That was, there was no stickers or stars or well done news or pats on the head. It was just that you know the golden time was the absence of violence from the teachers. Oh, Peter and Matthew actually. Is was there ever a time where you weren't being hit by somebody? <laughs> <laughs> well, as my uncle said, I was the perfect contraceptive. So I think I probably it was probably if you talk to the adults involved, they'd probably say I deserved it. No. I'm going to confess something here. I was involved in an incident um, probably about midway through junior school and the local headmaster made the front of the local rag because he wanted to reintroduce the whip for me and three other kids. Good God. How old were you then? It was primary, so I would have... No. What did I, I said junior, didn't I? So, yeah, it would have been... I oh, sorry, about, I didn't. I missed the junior bit. I was oh. about eight, eight or nine when that happened. Well, he needs to have his hard drive looked at, even though they didn't exist then. <laughs> well, he's actually, he's uh, he's dead now. But, um, Hooray! My mum... I thought he was all right, actually. I just think he just he kind of lost Whipping it. eight-year-olds? Yeah, my... Uh, it was the cane, sorry, not the whip. I said whip, didn't I? Mm. He wanted to reintroduce the cane. And it actually ended up being on the front of the local newspaper. My mum saw him in the local bakery a few years later. And uh, he asked after me. And she said, oh, you remember him, do you? And she went, well, and he said, yeah, some we remember, some we forget. There was there was a cane at my primary school. I remember that. I didn't ever um, be on the wrong end of it. So yeah, I totally, I didn't mean to uh, completely slander my old school. He didn't try to whip us. <laughs> he wanted to use the cane. Mm. I'm imagining with Kerry, up in Wakefield, Kerry beat so many of the teachers up, the family had to move south in shame. That's how she ended up in Brighton. I started in Brighton, though. Yeah. Was it? Oh, all right. Sorry. Yeah. Pay attention, Peter. I can remember being taken (laughs) over the knee of my primary school teacher, Mrs. Price, and I bit her leg. There you go. Exactly. So I wasn't that far wrong. There was was student-on-teacher violence. Yeah. We had a Mr. Price in our uh, secondary school who was the deputy um, mm. deputy headmaster and he was like an Alex Ferguson style figure, although he was Welsh, and he commanded utter respect 
whereas the headmasters didn't. Um, mm. And I've got an amazing story about him that I just cannot tell on air, I'm afraid. Okay, that's probably a good job because we haven't spoken much about the archers, have we? Well, I, I was about to say, do you think it's our subconsciouses uh, just stopping us because we just don't want to talk about Adam and Ian? It's like, <laughs> let's oh, talk Jesus about absolutely Christ. every other thing we possibly can rather than talk about Adam and Ian in their sodding pizza van. Can anybody deal with um, getting money normally in this village? They're just immediately trying to figure out some other plan that they need. It's burning a hole in their pocket already, and I don't think he's even received it. Mm, no, he hasn't. Yeah. Seems hard to believe that a week ago you were cooking for a full restaurant. <laughs> that was his first line this week, and it was so weird they were just hanging out in the garden getting or in the bull getting hammered weren't they it sounded quite fun i was quite jealous of that and xander kind of running around making weird shrieking noises in the background <laughs> it's like some kind of have they double checked that they haven't got a fox instead of an actual human <laughs> never makes a normal sound that kid I think I think what they were doing sounded like it was very nice and they you know they were having cold lagers whilst their kid was playing and their lunch was cooked for them because they were at the bull and they were hoping they hadn't run out of Yorkshire puddings and stuff and um Ian was saying look look that that um wild garlic I would be making all sorts of gnocchi and gar wild garlic angel delight and <laughs> um it sounded great. It's just Adam sounds so weird. Mm. It, uh, you know, Ian, actually, the actor, it sounds very natural. And you think, yep, yep, get that, get that. And then uh, it's a shame. I don't know. The scenes could have been good. If they go for this, like, wood-fired pizza van, there's one near my dad, actually, that makes a killing. It's, like, down a little country road, and the guy opens up at 4 o'clock. Mm. and does them and when when the dough's used up it's gone and they just put out a note on social media and mm. it is sustainable they do make quite good money about eight or nine a pizza um but i think in terms of ian and adam doing this it would be ultra sustainable because all you'd need to do to power the oven is get adam to speak into it <laughs> oh god yeah i loved that they mentioned the toppings as well because there was sweet corn and pineapple pizza for Zander, which was Kate's fault, apparently, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm not having that. Yeah, <laughs> but of course, I do like pineapple on a pizza, though, so I'm sorry if you are both offended by that. But uh, Ian's twist had to be slightly like, I am a chef, didn't it? Goat's cheese, leek and pancetta. Mm. Which was, that was the best pizza I've ever eaten. <laughs> Two stars. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. What would you have on a pizza made by Ian? Um, anchovies are going on there. Mm. Well, you have to have anchovies to keep other people away. Yes, it's the ultimate deterrent, isn't it, that nobody says, oh, can I have a slice of yours? It's better than potato salad and cold bits. Who was it? Who, sorry, I, I, I swear to God I do listen to every episode, but when I talk to you each week, and I've said this before, it's, it's all this stuff I can't remember anything about. I don't remember anything about the gold stars or whatever it was for the kid. <laughs> Um, and where's all this potato salad stuff come from? Now, right, imagine, don't tell him, Matthew. I know you know. Someone grumpily saying, all I've got is potato salad and cold bits. Brian. Yeah. 
Brian and his legendary stomach. Because Jenny had buggered off to cook a roast over at um, Peggy's, hadn't she? Oh, this is, oh, at okay. the uh, care home place or whatever it is. It, it was Sunday's episode, Peter, so yeah. eons ago now. She was doing it for Lillian and Peggy, wasn't she? I think I just get so blinded by rage these days that everything else just kind of gets blotted out by the way it's like a you know like the predator seeing like the predator so the white hot heat of uh uh being annoyed by the tracy stuff which we'll get to and mm. adam and ian and also like i know you guys were slamming adam but ian was really getting on my nerves this week because he's just so sort of buffoonishly sort of gurningly excited or sort of like Eeyore-ish about everything. It just, he seems, he's so unthinkingly emotional and it kind of, I don't know, it, it really gets on my nerves. <laughs> very unhead chef-like as well, I must say. Normally just very grizzled, very miserable, hardly ever <laughs> smile or get or optimistic about anything. And uh, he's just, uh, yeah, he seems to be coming on, up on a pill. Yeah, but isn't it the sweet release of not chefing? That's making him go, oh, look at the wild garlic. And I'm loving this chilled vibe and simple life is where it's at and all of that. Is it not just because it's behind him? Has he never taken a f***ing holiday? (laughs) Isn't that exactly how he would feel for those two weeks? I mean, I must say, just just, just for the record, that on our Facebook group, Kate, posted to say that she could not she, I cannot wait to hear Kerry's impression of Adam's scenes from this week so she's been rewarded oh. heartily <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it Kate yeah see she knows he was particularly bloody awful I like yeah I mean there this is going to tie in with the other parts of the, the story but I did like the bit when Brian said to Stella well you know um until last week, it would have been a straight no from Adam. And then he went, Adam, do you think we could have some money? And he just went, no, Brian. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that he was flip-flopping left, right and centre, wasn't he? He was like, no, yeah. yes, no. Yes, then he agrees with Ian and then says, oh, by the way, Ian, that thing that we dramatically poured over and agreed on, I did completely the opposite. Yeah, and he was like, but, but, I, I, thought, I, thought, I can't do that. Um, yeah. You did was, last week. Yeah. <laughs> Or didn't, probably. (laughs) Um, It was like Zander's Legacy. Not Zander's Legacy, a pizza oven. I was trying desperately to think what their wood-fired pizza company would be called, but I just cannot come up with anything just yet. Hmm. We'll mull it over. Also, that buying um, Alice's share of the farm to protect the farm. Yes, get that. When she gets the money for that, it will be split with Chris, won't it? I presume it's, yeah, it's to make it just to keep his mitts off, off the farm. Um, home farm. Mm. And it's a little strange, this, isn't it? Because we're hearing in the background that all the wheels are in motion with Chris's Rottweiler solicitor. Mm. Am I right? It was the, he, he's the one who's got a Rottweiler solicitor. Yeah. Surely they don't cost very much. You just pay them in like raw meat, don't you? <laughs> um, but so we got to hear about that um, from other people, and I thought there was that very weird crossover. the The bad feeling between Susan and Alice doesn't seem to have stepped over into her and Adam's relationship, which I thought it might have by now. Is that how you feel about 
real life or is that sort of Archer's logic? Because in Archer's world, if one family member falls out, then the whole family has to fall out. Or do you think that is true to life that you would be feeling awkward about talking to being friends with a brother because you've had a bit of a Barney with the sister? Hasn't she been a bit off with the other members of the family? but just doesn't seem to be off with Adam, or have I imagined that? Yeah, I think it depends on the person, doesn't it? And, and weirdly, those two seem to have got on, don't they? Because he, he was like going, we're the dream team, which is why the client has, from the chain of delis in London. Is there a chain of delis in London? But don't think there is. Um, But yeah, there was that slightly awkward conversation, wasn't there, about um looking out for your little sister that then turned into and you need to look out for your sons which meant that she was talking about Chris and Adam was talking about Alice but then it was Sander as well and yeah they... and, and then that mm. packed her off to, to go and give some money to Tracy yeah which was sweet wasn't it how much do you think it was handed over we're talking about? enough for three shops she said didn't she and she only eats carrots and potatoes, so it's probably about a tenner. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I, but I think it was well. I said, you know, two hundred pounds is a lot of money, but I don't think it was probably much more or much less than that. I think that's a reasonably good guess. Which is actually life changing when you are on your uppers. Yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. Obviously, that the art it's a bit discordant because there's always been the magic money tree in the archers. Like you know, when someone needs to do something, it just happens, and then they've always been quite kind of loose. In terms of someone's skint, it's always kind of, you know, just sort of like Emma and Ed, their skintness, mm. she had to go to the chicken factory, but it was never kind of gone over in any detail. I feel like we're going to be having a kind of real up and close examination of what austerity means, which I'm not looking forward to. Tracy was brilliant, wasn't she, On at the end of mm. Tuesday, because she'd f***ed up the interview. Sorry, I've sworn, but... um. She actually said bloody as well, didn't she, this week? And, <clears throat> and she said deep doodah as well, oh, yeah. didn't she? And, co- and she cock up. She said cock up, bloody, and deep doodah. Uh, but, you know, that last bit on Tuesday night where she went, I'm a woman with a broken washing machine, empty freezer shelves, carrots and potatoes for every dinner. I owe lunch money. I have to borrow my sister's clothes for interviews. I thought, you know, all of that just grinds you down doesn't it yeah poor woman she's in a home with her dad her brother kids who are dependent upon her doing her best I, I you know that when she was getting ready for the interview and she'd borrowed the jacket and was wearing her work skirt and she said are these shoes all right and Jazza went oh with a bit of spit and polish they'll be all right so obviously they're not best are they Uh, My heart was breaking for her because I've been there where you have to go around a supermarket with your little list where you've predicted what the prices will be for each item. And if they're a bit more, then it's like tragedy time because your list is quite crap anyway. And, you know, for her to then... I, I think that interview, though, I don't think it's the right job for her anyway, but... She's just desperate for any job, obviously, if she's going to the chicken factory. Yeah, that chicken factory needs to f***ing unionise by the sound of it, doesn't it? So do you think that it's plausible that an intelligent and thoughtful and resourceful woman like Tracy could freeze in the moment because of the stress, because of the press she's under? Or do you think that was just bad, a bad character switch? And actually, 
she's you know she the nerves would have been expressed because I feel like if she was nervous, it would have been expressed in a different way, especially given that it was like a, a school friend. It didn't seem plausible to me that Tracy would be that incompetent. Is that too strong a word? I think it is too strong a word. I do, because I was thinking about this as I walked to my corner shop about her interview, and I, which is why I just said I, it's not the right job for her. I think it's not to do with incompetence. I think that she's more of a in front of people person not on a telephone selling something and bullshitting and I realized that Jazza yes well done Jazza you've got that job but the reason he's got it is because he can bullshit and I don't personally see that as a good quality mm. I my my feeling I, I completely agree my feeling was that Tracy it might not be a good a fit for her but that she wouldn't have misunderstood the question she would have just she might she, yeah. she wouldn't have misunderstood the question she would have uh, uh she would have perhaps maybe been too honest her failing would have been if i was writing it i mm. would have i would have had it that tracy would have said well no i haven't had any experiences like that and then it would have been then she would have been quietly corrected by the interviewer saying well we're trying to find someone who you know thinks has the has the most positive outlook and you know we can't always we can't always be always be truthful Tracy you know being a sales job or something I didn't think Tracy would ever be so stupid as not to understand the central thrust of the question correct I think you're you're damn right there because the question was how would you win round a resistant customer and it was as if she'd never heard the word resistant or couldn't comprehend that question. That's, that was my that problem. That was daft, yeah. yeah. But I think she was really thrown by the fact that this woman knew she's Tracy Horobin with the blue eyeshadow and chewing gum. And so that just threw her and she thought, I've, I thought I could prove I was good and now she knows I'm not good in her mind. And so the game is up. I had a, a meeting with a friend uh, a, a couple of months ago and uh and it took me a few minutes to get into my stride because i couldn't wear my game face you know what i mean because there was mm. someone there who kind of knew all of my secrets and knew me in and out yeah and so i couldn't put on my kind of like you know yeah my kind of um going to you know i couldn't sort of it's not that you're lying but you're putting on a very kind of work mm. your work your work front and that threw me, and I can imagine that, yeah, it would be very discombobulating to suddenly have an old school, mm. not friend, but, you know. And not just an old school friend, but someone who's just mentioned that they had their their sister had their wedding reception at Grey Gables, so you need a bit of money for that. Her and her husband have a little stables. Uh, so already you're thinking, oh, shit, and then... When, you know, Tracy had to describe she still lives in the same house and her whole situation. Oh, it was just, I did find that very well written and awful to listen to. I felt for Tracy very much. Kerry, imagine you've gone to see Brian Ferry and afterwards (laughs) you get backstage pass and afterwards you go back there and he's with his new girlfriend and it's Pauline Noakes from your sitcom form college. You have to go over there and you have to (laughs) take her hand. Hello, Pauline, you say through gritted teeth. And, you know, <laughs> you've done well. Yeah. Oh, that's awful. Thanks, That would Pete. bite. That would bite. I was trying to figure out what exactly was happening just from Twitter because I didn't listen to the episodes until mm. yesterday. And I thought, I had a feeling that this would be someone she'd bullied in school. 
I thought that was going to happen. And the tables had turned. It was going to end up with Tracy flushing her head down the toilet, down the down the sink of a bespoke kitchen in the showroom or something. <laughs> we didn't actually hear Jazzer's interview, did we? So I, I mean, when he got the, res- I mean, he gave an example to mm. Tracy about how he'd win over a a difficult, a resistant customer, which was um, he offered to deliver a perfect morning to a woman. It's a bit like your Ocado delivery, isn't it, Kerry? <laughs> what I reckon, honey lingus. I thought, he, <laughs> I thought he was going to say, ah, oh, well, you know, there was someone resistant. Um, Tracy Horriban, you probably know her. She was initially resistant to the idea of shagging in one of the empty rooms at Grey Gables, but I managed to talk her out. With some bacon. Yeah. It did sound like any resistant customer, basically, you've just got to get bacon out and uh, everything's fine. Well, Kerry, I don't think you're in any position to disagree with that. <laughs> well, I'm not. No, I'm totally no. agreeing. I didn't even know you lived on Beechwood, Kerry. <laughs> I'm about ready for there, I think. Yeah. I saw, I can't remember from where, I saw someone was saying they were going to make some of your world-famous bacon pyramids. <gasps> they did, they did, and they posted photographs. Let me find, it's Joe somebody, let me find them. Are you going to, are you going to add those to the to the Twitter on Sunday? Oh, my goodness. I love it when people cook my P-Rug recipe. I've yet to have a go at them. I know, well, either of you. You know, I don't buy bacon. That's what it is. But uh, yeah, I need to. I need to get on it. I, I should do it at least once. She's called at underscore Joe J O, not with an E underscore again. And uh, I've just noticed in her uh, bio, she says bread baker. Oh goodness! So no wonder she was saying, "Are you sure you add in the uh, sour cream after the proving?" She knows her stuff. And you responded, "Yes, of course I am." And I went, yes, you do. Yes, you do. It's a Latvian recipe <laughs> and it's strange. Latvians have been adding cream at that point for uh, for centuries. Yeah. So Jazza was supportive. I was worried that um, him getting the job was going to send Tracy into a tailspin, although it all seemed to be part of a kind of a, uh, backs against, you know, backs against, uh, so backs them against the world, uh, Tracy and Jazza take on all, um, you know, working together kind of plot. How much did I mangle that? (laughs) Was it backs against the world's back wall? (laughs) Tracy's backs against the walls against Jazz's backs or something. They celebrated with peach snaps, which um, Brad had won in a tombola before (laughs) the pandemic. What's and what is the main tacky brand of peach snaps in England? The Archers. Exactly. Or Archers. Yeah, well spotted. I didn't actually spot that until now. It's yes. a common um, misconception dealing with Bristolian accents when working in a bar that an, an archers in lemonade can sound a lot like an orange juice in lemonade. <laughs> in a busy pub, you really don't know which one you're going to make. Yeah. It was quite touching at the end of Thursday's episode when Jazza was like, any spare tenor I've got, it's yours. We're a pair, you know, Um and she, but she was like, it's not your place to help me out. You've got your own money troubles. And it ended up with her saying, knowing I'm not on my own helps a lot. Oh, that was really good. Yeah, because it was it was the ending of, I think, Tuesday's episode was horrible, wasn't it? And then you had yeah. this kind of, you had this breather um, where she was a little bit offish initially that Jazza was going for the interview mm. on Wednesday's episode, and then on Thursday, you know, it's 
it's not great, but everything's going to be okay. I quite like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I uh, have been saying for a long, long, long time that I want Emma to manage to escape the kind of us and them working class, upper class or middle class kind of divide in the village. And maybe, maybe I will grudgingly let, well, not let, but, you know, watch the, the horror show at their house, you know, the austerity at their house, if, if actually it can be, you know, they can sort of um, build on that scene and make Tracy and Jazza happy together. I just want Emma. Where is she? She hasn't been in it since the christening. Yeah, good point. She was pretty much in every plot for a, for a good year and a half, wasn't she? Good couple of years. She's busy cutting, pulling, hacking and twisting. Is she still at the chicken farm? No. Probably not, no, but I liked that description. I thought that was Jazza's dance moves at beach party. <laughs> just a few too many peach snaps. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. Locomotive Plovdiv are second in the table, by the way. And wow. Yeah, just so you know. Pretty good. Talking of algorithms, um, well, you, Matthew was saying earlier on about, you know, algorithms serving um, me and him up all of the... Uh, uh, um, Amber Turd content on YouTube because we've accidentally, <laughs> accidentally fallen down Johnny Depp and Amber Heard holes. So I assume this is you're getting pl- served Plovdiv content. Yeah, they're currently losing 63 minutes played. They're losing to CSKA 1948, but they are somehow they're second in CSKA and are third. Are you, t- are you telling me that, that, that uh, the good listeners and Carrie and I are not getting 100% of your focus and concentration? No, it just popped up on the phone. Um, <laughs> I like a football team that's just letters and numbers. Yeah. <laughs> um, are we going to hear messy court scenes, do you think, when it goes to family court? Chris would be Amber Heard and, and um, uh, Alice would be Johnny Depp in this scenario. Wouldn't, wouldn't, that's because Alice is the one with the drinking problem, but who's actually fundamentally a good person. And Chris is the absolute psycho who um, is superficially clean as a whistle. He's shitting in the bed. Yeah, Chris. <laughs> I, reckon, um, I reckon like the uh, Alice's team should bring Amy in as a witness and it'll end up with Chris going down for 30 years. Oh, <laughs> Matthew! What? <laughs> oh my God. Hey, Peter, mm-hmm. did you notice? You probably didn't, but um, did you notice? <laughs> <laughs> this should be a regular feature. <laughs> yeah, the things that Peter might not have known. That Susan was playing Nine Till Five by Dolly Parton. On the back of, um, on the back of Peter saying how much she adored Dolly Parton yeah, last week. I thought of you. I think I think I did. I'm not sure. I mean, <laughs> the, the thing is, the way I listen to the Archers has changed so much because it always used to be like, you know, I would listen to it while I was doing some cooking or doing the washing up. But now that I've got mm. a toddler, that time isn't quiet. Like there's no, it, it's not as, so it, it's, I'm always listening to it whilst I'm sort of doing five other things. So I, it's not that I don't enjoy it, but it's just in a very different way. So I don't have... You don't have to listen to it live, Peter. You can sort of when Cyrus is asleep. Oh, no, but this is the thing is there's never, you know, like if... if, if uh, well, you must remember, Kerry, like when you, when, when you do have that time to get on with other stuff, then you're... The last thing you want to do is listen to the options. <laughs> well, I, mean, I don't know um, what you were uh, going to say. I believe, I believe Peter's referring to golden time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> golden time and archer's time are two very different things, yeah. <laughs> And the Golden Arches time is something completely different. McDonald's. 
I haven't kicked the habit of listening to the archers while I'm cooking, but the point is, and I, I now have a very animated little man running around going, mm. Daddy, look at me, look what I'm doing. Oh, where's your missus at this point? Well, she's she's a busy woman. She's got stuff to do. 15 minutes. Jesus, are you the, are you turning into a Rottweiler solicitor, Kerry? Yes. What's going on here? <laughs> I'm trying to get the best deal for you, Peter. <laughs> You and many other people will be crushed to know that I think um, that uh, uh, you know Charlotte and my marriage is going to survive toddlerdom. We're gonna we're gonna make it through. You know it's but you must Good. bloody hell having a toddler is just extraordinary in terms of if if I the the thing I, I mean, every every child is different. The thing I hear more than anything is he'll slide his foot under something and he's like Daddy, I've got my foot foot caught. And what I then have to do is I then have to become a helicopter. And then winch down and rescue him, and do a mountain, do a mountain rescue. So I do a mountain rescue about four times a day. You've made a rod for your own back there, love. <laughs> well, it's exhausting. And he spent a lot on hol- helicopter pilot clothes as well, <laughs> Kerry. Oh, do, the heli- do the helicopter noise. The high- anyway, it's, it's it's so good heavens. So tiring, but you know, but yeah. uh, uh, but you love them, don't you? There are no difficult toddlers, just difficult situations. <laughs> Can you give me an example when you've when you've rescued a resistant toddler? <laughs> uh, yes, yes, I can. Uh, there was eight o'clock, ten o'clock, eleven o'clock, one o'clock, two o'clock, four o'clock, seven o'clock. <laughs> the thing, the other thing is, is that is it's like the universality of it. Like it's none of it's original. Like if you com- like every single person who's had a kid has been through it. So it's not, none of it is particularly kind of. It's it's like um, it's like people who talk about their dreams, right? You know, I know I'm being dull talking about it, but anyway, the point is, is it, it the point is it cramps my archer style quite significantly. Yeah, but the 15 minutes is movable; it's portable. You can do it when you like. You can do it when you're having a shit. You can listen in the shower. I so I mean, the bottom that. line is Peter didn't hear Dolly Parton playing. When yeah, that's Clary we... <laughs> came to visit Susan at the yogurt place. Um, yeah. True. There was Susan sent her packing as well, didn't she? She said. Um, there's no way you're standing over machines all day, but there's no way to talk about Adam. <laughs> Have you noticed how when it's a when it's a really really zinging week in the arches, we struggle to rein ourselves in to our kind of like a, you know our, our time limit. <laughs> this week, absolutely no problem. <laughs> we absolutely no problem meeting the time limit. It was I don't know. It was. It was moving listening to to Tracy's problems, but it did all feel a bit laboured this week, didn't it? It was a bit of a a bit of an effort. I th- it, no, I didn't find it that much of an effort this week. Really? Yeah, I... it was very easy going. It was just very kitchen sink this week, wasn't it? Yeah, and that's not that's not a Felpersham kitchen joke. <laughs> that's yeah. exactly. I felt like we did have kitchen sink drama, literally and um, metaphorically. I think I just find it difficult to hear Tracy Tracy struggling. I didn't enjoy hearing Clary kind of being beaten up, um, you know, by life. And I, and then also the bits in between. The light relief this week was Ian and Adam. So I think that's what I'm trying to say. Like right. there wasn't much for me for my for my particular you know uh, mm. type of the archers. It was nothing that was kind of like you know really getting me going. As in previous weeks, though, there was no. Alice. Oh, there was a tiny bit of Alice, actually, wasn't there? At the beginning, yeah. Yeah. So I take that back. Okay, fine. Where was my Russ? Where was my Jim? Where was mm. my, uh, um, where was even a silly Freddie and Lily plot? Where's Joy? Where's f-ing Joy? 
that. Mm. Okay, I've had enough of the kitchen sink stuff because it's just it's all become a bit too serious. I want joy. Uh, the best scene by Miles from the last year was Joy stripping off and leaving Russ <laughs> agog, you know, standing there um, uh, um, unmanned because he was so he you know because he couldn't he couldn't complete the job. Yeah, we want Joy, Russ, Lee. Yes, bring Lee back. Well, Lee is going to come over to um, Ian and Adams for a pizza testing party. Oh yeah. It was funny how how Ian described it as recipe testing for pizza. It's not, is it? It's topping. Pizza. Yes. It's bloody toppings. But you make the pizza dough, stretch it out a bit, put stuff on top of it, put it in the oven. We went to a pool party in Brazil with one of um, one our friends. And they just had like a low, like the big um, pizza oven there. And they had the dough ready to go. And everyone was just allowed to go out and just to go in and make your own. Yeah, have an array of toppings. Yeah, I mean the fam, the girls' family actually was were setting up their own kind of uh, pizza, pizza and pasta company. So they were just, I think it was just a chance for them to test everything as well. But it was really, really good. I've never seen a man more angry than my dad at a Mongolian barbecue because he had to cook his own food. <laughs> it was absolutely <laughs> furious, like paying a fortune to go out and cook his own food. He just couldn't. There was a Korean place like that in um, Capel Street in Dublin, where like the there was a central hole in the middle of the table. Yeah, and you had to cook your own food in the middle, and also a strange toilet that massaged you and vibrated. In the oh, lovely! That Mongolian barbecue thing. Everything ends up tasting exactly the f-ing same in those places. There was one in Brighton, and it was like, ooh, you know, teams would go out from work, and it was just. Yeah. There was a guy who ran one of those Mongolian barbecue places and he actually threw four youngsters out because they were just so wasteful. I just thought of an awful name for the business that Ian could have. If he did one of those, but in a truck. Oh, no, this can't happen, I don't think. Mongol Ian. <laughs> <laughs> it can't happen that, can it? I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, can it? But when it does happen in a couple of weeks' time, we will all be, you know, remember where you were when you heard your first. Carrie's <laughs> <laughs> tickled sorry. herself there. It's post COVID wheezing. Oh, dear. Kerry's dreaming up new businesses, and I think we're going to have another advertising slot now. So let's see what happens. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. So this is all very exciting. Um, we're, now, we're now generating revenue for the first time in a year. Um, whole pounds and pennies might be falling into a bank account that I attached to the podcast earlier on today. So, you know, um, we might be able to afford our own bottle of archers. In oh, the- <laughs> well done for sorting that out, Peter. It's a funny old thing, but I think it's the right thing to be doing or trying anyway. Yeah. And all, all joking apart, I mean, it's new to us. So sorry if we've been a bit clunky in how we've introduced the adverts. I don't know if there's a particularly good way of doing it. Um, please give us feedback about... There's not much we can do about the type of adverts. Um, so if it is, if it is a, uh, if there is a party political broadcast on behalf, on behalf of Vladimir Putin, then that wasn't us. <laughs> <laughs> he did, he did feature in a meme we put out once, didn't he? Oh, he did. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. I was, I was turning oh, up my computer. And I did see that. Yeah, let's pop. Yeah. I'll, I'll re, I'll re, I'll put some new words in that this weekend or something. No, actually, no, I won't because it's terrible no, timing. It'd be incredibly don't. bad. No, yes. I'm definitely not doing that. Um, but um. Oh yeah, back in the good old days when you could make a joke about Vladimir Putin. Just so before we go any further, can you can you guess what I'm doing for the first time on the podcast in 2022? You're wearing clothes? Go the other way. <laughs> Are you naked? No, I'm not naked. I've got a pair of shorts on. It's an absolute uh it's a stinker here today. So um oh. I've I've actually uh I've gone I've gone old school. Got my, got my my board shorts on. Oh, so the first time in twenty twenty two when yeah, you're I've, had, I've done it. Yeah, I've had to go doing a Matthew. Doing a Matthew, as it's now known. Yeah, <laughs> not doing a. It's, it's not a joy. It's a Matthew. <laughs> there are some garments on. Matthew is uh, stripped to the waist and checking his phone like a Tory front bencher. All while recording <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> yeah, um... I mean, we, me and me and Peter do well on this podcast. To I mean. The amount of times Kerry has tried to seduce and distract us by chewing Bombay mix. Whilst while crossing Peter, my legs. <laughs> yeah, while me and Peter are making a point and we've, uh, <laughs> we've soldiered through. It's a testament to our professionalism. Uh, mm. So I think I was waffling about adverts, something about um, give us some feedback. Um, and yeah, it. anyway, it's a work in progress. We'll try and do it as seamlessly as possible. And just so you know, we had the option of three. We've gone for two. So we're not complete monsters. Um, and yeah, and Kerry, if people do want to give us feedback, where do you think would be a good place to start? Yeah, come along to at the Cider Shed Pod on Twitter, please. Tell all your friends about it. We're still growing in numbers, which is great, and it's lots of silly, silly fun there. And thank you all of you for tweeting along with us there. And Matthew, you have been. Uh, talking up a storm on Instagram and Facebook. Um, and what's the, what are the details for that? You can find our Instagram. We are the same as our Twitter at the Cider Shed Pod. And we have an ever growing Facebook group. People are um, joining on a daily basis called the Cider Shed Podcast. And uh, yeah, I'll be posting up some things in the run up to the Omnibus this week on there. 
And any of you who haven't put a review out there for us, please do. It's been a little while since the last one and it would be great if you could pop a few words and a five-star review on your podcatching place. Yeah, we do get ebbs and flows with the listenership. It's all, There's a relentless upwards tick, but there's there's occasional kind of jumps. And I think a lot of that is down to the reviews. So um, please, as, as Kerry said, if you do have a moment, that would be absolutely fantastic, preferably with some kind words. But, you know, honest feedback is <laughs> gratefully received as well. Uh, we will be back next week, won't we? I mean, we normally are. Yeah, I don't see why not. Matthew, clothed or unclothed, we'll be back, I'm sure. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be hot. We need to monetize Matthew's lithe, um, naked body somehow. Well, I did. I did post a few photos last year, didn't I? Um, that were very yeah. taste, tasteful. Um, so yeah, we never did do the Kerry episode, but maybe if we get to uh, uh, pick a pick a number, we could do like a um, some kind of sexy Matthew um, calendar or something. <laughs> well, yeah, we talked about the peanut calendar, the peanut board thing last week, didn't we? Where we slowly reveal your ankle. Peter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll do it for Matthew. Matthew peanut board. Um, you know, put on a couple of kilograms while stripping him to the groin. Um yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's a long bank holiday weekend here, which is great. No work on Monday. Oh, we just had one of those. Just gone. That's why I was in Vigo. Which, just by the way, anyone, I know it's not the most accessible place, the most obvious, but absolutely beautiful city. Loved it. Well, um, I'm going to say thank you very much to both of you and to everyone who's taken time to listen and we will see you next week. Bye. See you next week. See you guys. Bye. Hang on.